0: You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Evan Banks.
1: And I'm Deanna Lee. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's August 20th. I stand squarely behind my decision. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way. That there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. That's why we're still there. We were clear eyed about the risk. We planned for every contingency, but I always promised the American people that I would be straight with you. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. That was
0: President Joe Biden delivering an address on Monday, one day after the Taliban took control of the capital of Afghanistan and the national government collapsed. As we record this on Friday morning, the President is preparing to address the situation in Afghanistan again this afternoon. In a Q&A on the RAND blog, our researchers have provided some early insights into several important issues related to America's troop withdrawal and the Taliban's swift rise to power. Here's just a sample of what they had to say.
1: First, what can the U.S. and the international community do at this point to protect Afghan refugees? Senior policy researcher Shelley Culbertson has led multiple studies about refugees. She explains that Afghanistan already has about one-fifth of its population displaced from years of war. Now there is a very real risk that those numbers will grow both from people who have worked for the U.S. at some point, who are seeking special immigrant visas, and other civilians who are fleeing out of fear. Culbertson says that Washington could take steps to speed up processes that are causing delays in the processing of these special visas, and raise the cap on refugee admissions to the U.S. It could also encourage other allies and partners to accept more refugees. Linda Robinson directs the Rand Center for Middle East Public Policy. She adds that the most promising avenue to protect Afghans who may be targeted by the Taliban is a concerted, joint effort by the U.S. and its allies in the coming days and weeks. But ultimately, Culbertson fears that, regardless of what the U.S. does at this point, the situation for Afghan refugees may be bleak hundreds of thousands of people could end up living in squalid refugee camps for decades, while options for resettlement to another country, returning to Afghanistan, or securing citizenship in Pakistan or Iran remain low. This will only add to the world's 82 million refugees and internally displaced people who live in similar conditions and face dim prospects for a solution.
0: Our researchers also discussed whether Afghanistan would become a safe haven for terrorist groups like the last time the Taliban was in charge before the 9-11 attacks. Jason Campbell is a policy researcher at RAND who previously served as country director for Afghanistan in the office of the Secretary of Defense for Policy. He says that events will have to play out before any immediate threat to the U.S. homeland can be determined. But Campbell notes that an Afghanistan where the Taliban is the dominant political player is going to be much more accommodating to al-Qaeda and like-minded groups, although different factors will determine the extent to which these groups pose a threat internationally. Political scientist Andrew Rayden adds that the Taliban's policy toward terrorist groups will have an important effect on the future threat of terrorism from Afghanistan. While the Taliban does have a history of a close relationship with al-Qaeda, it has also made commitments to prevent groups such as al-Qaeda from using Afghan soil to threaten the U.S. or its allies. However, there may be reason to doubt the Taliban's assurances, Raiden says.
1: Finally, let's talk about some of the geopolitical implications. Derek Grossman is a senior defense analyst whose research focuses on Indo-Pacific security issues. He says that China is likely to soon welcome and legitimize the Taliban's leadership. Grossman outlined Beijing's two key objectives in a post-U.S. Afghanistan. First, Beijing seeks stability in Afghanistan to avoid any potential spillover into China's northwest province of Xinjiang, which is home to the country's long-persecuted Uyghur population. And second, China wants to secure access to Afghanistan's natural resources, particularly the rare earth metals locked within its mountains. To get to these metals, China will first require stability to build highways, roads, and rail into and throughout the country. It's also worth noting that, overall, RAND experts say there's reason to believe the geostrategic effect of the situation in Afghanistan could be profound— as China, Russia, and even Iran could benefit from the new political order in Kabul. Depending on what transpires, Afghanistan's collapse could prove to be a huge loss for the U.S. There's much more from our researchers on Afghanistan. You can read the full Q&A on the Rand blog.
0: We're covering just one more topic today, the start of a second full school year disrupted by the pandemic. This week, new results from two RAND surveys reveal what parents and school district leaders are concerned about as schools reopen amid a surge in U.S. COVID-19 cases driven by the Delta variant. In July, we asked a nationwide sample of parents about their children returning to in-person schooling and their preferences for school safety practices. While parents remain concerned about safety, 89% said that they planned on sending their kids back. That's up from 84% in May. Notably, there was a gap between white parents and black and Hispanic parents on this issue. 94% of white parents were planning for in-person school, compared with 82% of black parents and 83% of Hispanic parents. We also asked parents about school safety measures. To feel safe sending their children back, most parents, and especially those still unsure about in-person schooling, want classroom ventilation, teachers to be vaccinated, and social distancing in that order. The survey also revealed that a majority of parents, 61%, wanted to know more about which COVID-19 safety measures their children's school would be enacting in the fall. Only 27% said they already knew in detail which specific safety measures their school would have in place.
1: Our other survey findings out this week focus on school district leaders and what they're concerned about heading into a new school year and beyond. Overall, the results suggest that budget and staffing problems in America's schools could outlast the pandemic. The good news is that teachers appear to be leaving their jobs at rates similar to those before COVID-19 hit, so we're not yet seeing the mass exodus of teachers that many worried about earlier this year. However, there may be higher turnover among superintendents this school year. In fact, About 1 in 10 superintendents we surveyed said that they plan to leave their jobs by spring 2022. Budget challenges may also be looming. Nearly 4 in 10 school district leaders anticipated a fiscal cliff in the next three or four years as federal COVID-19 aid expires. And many of them are already modifying district spending plans to prepare for financial trouble. At the same time, these district leaders are focused on staffing and looking to hire more people across job categories for the current school year, especially substitute teachers and mental health staff to support students.
0: Rand researchers are regularly working to get more insights into these important issues. We'll bring you new results on how things are going as the school year progresses.